Now we're here with part two. This is part two of the series, Fearless. Uh, last week, I talked about how... Um, I talked about how we shouldn't walk in fear and rather walk in the Holy Spirit because, because a lot of people nowadays walk in fear. And it's, sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's something in your life that came around and, and gave you this trauma. Or this is something that you believed in yourself. You believed in a lot of fearful thinking. So I gave you the challenge last week to apply to walk daily with the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you with this fear. Because, and also sometimes it's not just you asking for the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's not that spiritual. Sometimes it's just your thinking. And sometimes you have to change the way you think in order for you to overcome fear. Because sometimes you have fearful overthinking thoughts. So that's what I talked about last week. It's not walking in fear, but walking by the power of the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy 1.7 is still the theme of scripture. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or to be timid, but of power, love, and of self discipline. Last week I talked about the power of the Holy Spirit and in the scripture it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or be timid of power and of love. And for week two, for the final week, I want to talk about love over fear. That's week two, love over fear. Um, what What is the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the word expelled? School, right? School comes up. School is, being expelled is always been in school. How many of you know someone that's been expelled? Like someone close to you? I was about to come to that point, but you don't have to say that. So, so you don't have to raise your hand. Oh, I was going to ask you, but I'm not going to ask you that. But who, who has been expelled? Ah! You can raise your hand. I don't need to know specifics. <laughs> Who's been expelled? And that's okay. We all have our own issues and troubles and whatnot. That's, that's okay. That happens. Um, I liked, I liked the word expel came to my mind because I was like, man, like, like I was homeschooled. So I wasn't expelled. I was grounded. I wasn't, I didn't actually get expelled from school. I was just grounded from a lot of video games and an iPhone. So I didn't really, you know, get the full picture of being kicked out of school or being expelled. But the word expel came to my mind because I think about detention, detention. Let me get this right as a homeschooler. Okay. Don't crucify me if I say this. I'm making sure I'm keeping my fist up. So for, for detention, like if you make, is it when you either make a, a really bad grade or no? Okay. Okay. I'm already failing. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Stop. So, so, so what about doing something uh, against the school policy? Uh, shh, I didn't ask you to talk. Also about anything like law wise or anything that, that is that, well, that's expelled. Over the law. Hand down, hand on. Okay, so it's it's usually policy. I'm guessing usually policy. I'll just go with that since this homeschooler doesn't know. I policy. So you have detention, which keeps you what? Is it usually a weekend? Yeah. No. It's usually during the during school week. I always thought. I okay. I feel bad. I think of I think of a movie because they have it on the weekend. They, they do it on the weekend. So I think of weekend detention. But one of the things that that I thought about was. With being expelled, y'all listen, y'all stop talking, please. With being expelled and having detention, I thought of the word expelled because in scripture there's a word, the word expelled came to mind in one of the scriptures I'm going to read to you. But one of the things that we do in our life is that we give our fear detention rather than expelling fear from our lives. And the reason why we give it detention is because we think we can just stuff it, handle it, put it in a bubble, and then once we let it out, it's fine. 
No, honey bun. That's not how it works. Fear will come at you no matter how much you put it in detention. And fear is a big thing, especially fear. I'm talking, I'm not just talking about fear like in a situation or like being extremely jitterbugged about. I'm talking about fear thinking. I'm thinking about anxious thoughts. I'm thinking about anxiety in general. This stuff, the reason why it's like this is because we put fear in detention rather than putting fear in an expelled state. And that's the issue we have in our Christian life is because we can't discern how to bring detention to something or really expel something. And so expelling fear is a big thing. It's a detrimental thing. And the question is, what would it look like to expel fear from your life for good? That's a weird looking thing to think about, like fear being fully expelled out of my life. It's a tough thing to think about. Because it feels like fear always comes back. It always feels like fear comes back. It doesn't feel like fear is gone and completely gone and completely obliterated. Sometimes fear feels normal, common, and familiar. But one of the things God has talked to me about fear is that his love, his perfect love, not that it is his perfect love, he is love, that casts out the fear. That's the antidote to overcome fear. Now, like I said, thoughts. One of the things about fear that I've learned in the lot in the times that I've been a Christian, I've been a I've been in church all my life, but I got saved when I was seven. So I had the conscious thought of accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior. Rededicated at fourteen. So I've 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 walked with God for a while. That would be what, twelve, thirteen years. And I've walked with him, and I can tell you right now, in my walk with God, in my walk walking out my salvation, the sanctification process, I can tell you right now, the biggest myth is that people tell you fear is expelled, that fear leaves, that fear is completely gone out of your life. The truth, there is truth to that. The truth is, is that fear does go away and fear can be expelled by the love of God. But the one thing that we have to make a decision on is that what happens when fear tries to come back? What happens when the fear tries to crimple back in again? Because the issue is, is that just like, I mean, I don't know how the score, I mean, once you're expelled, you can't come back at all. I'm guessing. Can you come back? Till next year. So like that, there's an opportunity, just like in school, for fear to come back. And the thing that you have to ask yourself is, am I going to give it this detention? Or am I going to expel it from from this school I call my heart? And so I want to talk about that for the next couple of minutes as I have your undivided attention. 1 John 4, verse 7 says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. There's the phrase, God doesn't just love us, he doesn't, do actions out of love. He doesn't just say that he loves us, but he that's who he is. That's his identity. That's his core character is that God is love. God is healing. He is power. He is these things. He's, he doesn't just do it because we only know God for what he has done and what he's going to do. But we never can't come to the realization that sometimes that is who God really is. And we don't answer that. God is perfect love. And there is no fear in him at all. Perfect love is the antidote for fear. 
Jump down to verse 18 in John, 1 John 4. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love, watch the word, expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is the fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So what this shows me is that the reason why I'm still battling fear, because we all battle with fear. Even the, the most veteran Christian will battle with some type of fear. That doesn't mean they not, because people will tell you fear gets expelled. Fear is just gone off the radar for your whole life. That's cap. That's not even true. Because I've learned in my life that fear comes at different levels. And fear comes in different disguises, different costumes. Fear comes in different types of phases in my life. I don't get full blown out fear, afraid anymore, but I have my anxious moments. I have anxiety. Watch this. I learned this yesterday. And I thought this was really cool. Anxiety is the feeling of fear and fear is the spirit. Fear is a spiritual thing a lot of the times. Now, sometimes it's practical, but a lot of the times fear can become spiritual. Because anxiety is the feeling. You feel anxiety. You feel anxious. That is cause, the root of it, is fear. And the question is, is that how do I bypass? How, how do I overcome this anxiety? And we've learned a lot of techniques and we've learned a lot of, a lot of things on how to expel fear and how to over, uh, get rid of anxiety. Because we keep asking God to take it away. Here's a problem that I think we have that I want to be bluntly honest with you about. We ask God too much to take stuff away. We ask God too much to take something away. Because sometimes he will take something away, but sometimes he doesn't. I can, I can, be, I can give you proof. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And he, he didn't just ask God. I just talked with Dakota with this this morning. It was cool. We, Paul didn't ask God, oh, Lord, please, can you take this thorn out of my flesh three times? It's, the Bible says he pleaded with God. That means Paul pretty much set up three campaigns to heaven to take this thorn from his flesh. And some theologians believe that it, it might have been a physical thorn. It might have been an emotional thorn. It might have been a mental thorn that was in his, was in his heart, mind, or body. None of them really know what it was because he talked about it being a messenger of Satan and the thorn was in his flesh. Some people believe it was something else. But one of the things that, that I've learned, and I know Paul has learned from that, is that if God doesn't take away the anxiety, if he doesn't take away the anxious moments, if that doesn't happen, I want you to know well in, well in most right now, that if he doesn't take it away, I bet your life on it that he's going to use it. He's going to use what you want him to take away. Now, that's hard to hear because some of the things in our life we want to take away. We don't want anyone else to know. We like it to keep it in a box. But one of the things that I've learned in Scripture and what Paul was dealing with, he pleaded three times with Jesus, with the Lord, about the thorn in his flesh, and God did not take it away. So Paul's like, okay, what do I do now? This is ridiculous. And I'm like, and I thought first I was like, well, Paul should have had more faith. Paul should have been more faithful and not as fearful of the thorn. But one of the things, it wasn't because he didn't have more faith because it's not based off of Paul. It's not based off of Paul. It was based on what God was going to do with his thorn. 
And the one thing I learned is that if God doesn't take the anxious stuff in your life away, the thorn, that thing, that it that's with you, what if he wants to use it for something? I don't know what that could be. I still don't know why God let me go through certain things in my life that I would wish I could take back. But at the same time, I don't regret it because that stuff has propelled me to who I am now. What God uses that looks like a thorn or a mistake or a mishap, a disappointment, God's going to use it for something greater that's going to develop or propel me for my purpose on this earth. That is how God uses thorns. That's how God uses anxiety. But fear, fear is not from God. As a matter of fact, it's said in the scripture, love, there's no fear in love, in God's love. But the thing is, is that why do I still feel fear? You can still feel fear. I talked about this last week. You can still feel fear, but that doesn't mean you should walk in it. That doesn't mean you should give in to every single thing that the enemy throws at you because you have something on the side of you that is God that's going to propel you to break free from it. But the one thing about fear is, is that you feel anxious, you feel fearful, but the root of it is not a physical thing. It's not, sometimes it's not a mental thing. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you just need to get your brain in check. Sometimes you need to think the thoughts that you need to think. Sometimes it's psychological, but sometimes it is spiritual. Sometimes fear has to only be taken by God through prayer. That's one of the biggest things that we need to understand. Because God is love and perfect love expels all fear, that means the love of the Father will help us overcome any and all areas of fear in our lives. Look at the, what I said, overcome. It doesn't mean, ex, it doesn't mean a completely obliterated. It doesn't just mean gone forever. What that means is that God is like, it's gone for now. And as it is gone for now, I'm going to develop you. And the next time it comes, it won't be as easy for fear to creep into your heart. Because it is over time that you overcome fear over and over. Everyone thinks everything's just a one-time thing. One-time thing. Oh, I stopped sinning right away. Yeah, 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 you did. That's something that we need to get rid of is making a lie, not just to people, but to ourselves about saying, oh, it was already out of my life. I don't deal with that no more. Okay. Okay. You don't have to tell me that. I don't, that doesn't bother me. That's cool. If you're lying, I, that doesn't bother me. But the one who sees already knows. So why would you do it in front of people rather than do it in front of someone who gives you more affirmation and validation than any other human being on this planet? God already knows what you're going through. You know what's funny? People don't see what you're going through, but they don't like you. But God sees everything that you've done and gone through, and he loves you nonetheless. You know how beautiful that sound is, that God's love overpasses every single mistake I've made, every fear that I've given into. That's God's love. But until we walk in it, until I make my steps to get into the love of God, I'm going to walk in fear and, go and be in fear all the time. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit, but also God's love also can help us overcome this. Think about the area in your life where you experience fear or anxiety. 
that is the exact area of your life where God wants his love and peace to take over. He wants it to be taken over. I have a little story. There was, um, it was actually this Saturday before. I didn't tell anyone, I think, but Sarah. So it was a Saturday night. I was about to go to bed. I was dizzy all day. I wasn't feeling really well. And I was going to bed that night. And sometimes this happens when like when I'm really falling asleep for some reason, I feel like I lost my breathing. Like I, I was so exhausted and drowsy. I like fell asleep. Then an a, a overthinking thought came to my head. Y'all not going to believe what I thought. I was like, am I going to die when I fall asleep? <laughs> I was like, am I going to, I don't know if you've had these thoughts. I don't know if I'm the only one that's had these thoughts, but like I was dizzy. I was shortness of breath, but I wasn't sick or anything. I was like, I was like, I feel like I'm going to die. Like, I, I'm not going to wake up the next morning. Then I started overthinking, what are my students going to think? How are my students going to react to how I die? How is, who's going to become the new youth pastor? All this stuff. And I'm thinking all these thoughts and, and I'm in fear and I'm up till 2 a.m. I'm like, I got church in the morning, but what if I don't wake up for church? I'm like, shut up, Jacob. Stop thinking. One of the things I had to learn it wasn't just, it was a spiritual moment. It was a spiritual battle because I knew the enemy was feeding me lies of fear. But what helped me by the power of the Lord was to re, rethink my thinking. I thought I was going to die, like straight up. Y'all weren't going to see me Sunday. I was going to be in a casket before y'all saw me. I was going to be dead. But what I thought was, was that, oh, the first thing that came to truth, I was like, well, God's not finished with me yet. I, I still have a calling. Why would he let me get out now? This doesn't make any sense. He has a plan for me and a purpose. So I didn't think of that. But also a more logical thought, I was dizzy from a bunch of, from doing, from sitting on a screen for hours. I was sitting on a screen for hours doing research and playing video games this whole time. And I thought I was going to die, but it was like, no, too much, too much, Maddie, bro. Too much, too much, too much, too much, too much. It was too much. But the thing that I realized was, why did I believe that? The next morning, y'all, I was like, yes, I'm awake. Thank God. I'm riding. I'm like, you idiot. Why did you think that? Like, I'm like, why would I think this thought? But I understand how much, of a, uh, how much fear can have a grip on us. I know now, and I've seen, I've seen it before, but this really helped me realize how much fear has a grip on our generation on our society, on the people who are being influenced, there's a lot of fears you have. You have a fear of not being successful. You have a fear of not disappointing your parents. You have a fear of isolation. You're afraid of not having friends. You're afraid of these things. These are fears that you deal with on a regular basis. But the one thing I want to tell you that I've learned, as a, not as a pastor, but as a, as a Christian, as a child of God, I've learned that I just have to re by, by the Lord by the Lord's power I, I say Lord help me to rewire my thinking help me to rewire how I think about things because me being afraid to die did not make any sense whatsoever literally no sense I I was dizzy I played too much that day I re, I, I was on the computer too much that day and I needed to go to bed when you're dizzy you need rest I need to pass out but but. Fear has this way of deceiving us. It has a way of deceiving us in the context of overthought, overthinking. Y'all pay attention, please. Hey, in the back. 
A, thank you. Overthinking is one of the core things that fear can easily take a hold of. It's not just your decisions. Your decisions are the last thing that your that your being does. You think, you feel, and then you do. That's the three-step process of what you do. You before you ever feel love for someone, you think about them first. Before you ever you before you ever feel the anxiety or feel the emotion, you think about it first. If you think about it, yeah. If you think about it in the moment, that's what comes first, is your thoughts, then your emotions, then what you decide to do. So if you're thinking about, if I'm thinking about dying, I have an emotion of fear, and now my body's deciding, I'm not going to bed at all tonight, I'm going to pull an all-nighter. That's what I was going to do. I was literally going to do that. But because it starts with your thinking, goes to your emotions, and then goes to your decisions. How many of us fester and fester on an overthinking thought that probably isn't even true? I didn't even ask y'all to raise your hand. That's crazy. Y'all honest people, give yourself a hand clap. No hand clap? Thank you. So, as I was saying, it's, it's the biggest thing that make stuff not true. And in society, this is what culture does. Culture tries to make you think, oh no, overthinking is great. It's the best. You can catch it before they even do it. It's great. It's like a superpower or something. I'm like, okay, cool. Overthinking is not a superpower and it's not cool at all. It doesn't make you mature. It makes you scared and hide behind an idea. It makes you hide behind an idea to where you don't take the risk when it could actually happen. Like I talked about last week, what if it doesn't? What if it does? What if I don't get accepted? What if you do? God wants to change your 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 mind through his truth. And what's one of the things about truth? His love is one of the truths. Love and truth go together. And because his truth through my thinking Helped me overcome this fear, not just by my thought process. It wasn't me. I didn't do this. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, by asking the Lord, Lord, rewire my thinking, I was able to overcome it. I was able to overcome it. You cannot entertain fear, anxiety, and your own need for control. I want to talk about that word control. Sometimes the it's the areas of fear in our lives where we try to maintain the most control. If we think that we, if we control it, we can prevent or reduce the fear and the anxiety. So when you're afraid of making a decision, the one thing you can do is take control and pull back. Take control. If I just have a grip on this, then it won't happen. If I have a grip on this, on this situation, it won't come to pass. If I pull myself back and not engage, then I'll, it won't happen. But what this does, if you do it long enough, if it becomes a habit, you will not be able to, to enjoy anything that God has for you because you are now thinking, oh, what's this going to do? What is this going to do? All this uncertainty, I can't do it. I can't have this. You can't entertain fear, anxiety, and your own need for control and experience freedom at the same time. Control could be 
the one thing that is stopping you from experiencing the love of God in your life because the love of God, true freedom in Christ, because in the world, true freedom is, I'm going to do whatever I want, how I want, when I want. And it sounds great at first, but when you're in a drought, when you're in a pit and you can't get out, you're by yourself in it. Most people's freedom, even celebrities have said it, money does not create happiness. Freedom and all this stuff, whatever I want to do, however I want to do it, it doesn't bring happiness. It brings things even worse. But true freedom in Christ, and it sounds bizarre, is surrender. Surrendering to the love of God and giving him control of what you're fearful of causes you to have true freedom. When we receive God's love, you can write this down if you're taking notes. If, when we receive God's love, we overcome fear. When we receive God's love, we overcome fear. Luke 11, 11 through 13 says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then... Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. God is a good Father who gives good gifts. God's gift to you is perfect love. God's gift for you to receive is the love that he has. And that's the funny thing. It's not just the love he's going to give you. He's giving you him. Don't do that, Garrett. Sit straight. Sit straight. Sit straight. Thank you. He gives the gift of love. That's what he gives. He doesn't just give a part of him. His love, he gives you all of it. All of it. And the one question you have to do is, are you willing to receive and let go of control? Just because you didn't get what you want. Just because you didn't get what you think you needed. God knows you more than you know you. So guess what? He's going to give you more than what you need. And his love passes out all fear. But you have to receive his love. God's love changes everything when it comes in contact with. The question is, will you let go of control in your life and receive it? The last thing I want to say is, or the second thing before I finish, let go of your control. Give your life to God and receive his love. There was a quote I heard yesterday before I end this. I can have uh, Rachel on the keys. The one quote I heard a while back that really sparked something in my mind that got to this message was this phrase. If the worry inside of you is greater than the trust in the Lord in front of you, then you really haven't given it to him. If your fear is overcoming the trust that God has in front of you to do, then whatever it is, whatever the thing that you have, you haven't really given it to him yet. You haven't given it to him yet because you're still battling with it because you haven't consulted it with God yet. You haven't consulted it with him because you're drowning in it. But once you learn the realization that I need to give this to God, this is where you overcome. This is where you overcome. I want you to understand that his love casts out all fear. And it sounds easier said than done, but what you need to understand is you have to really do it. Because if you're really just sitting there like, God, I'm, I give you my fear, dude. I give you my fear. Whatever. Just take it. I don't care. If you bring, it's the way you position yourself to bring it to God. 
you got to do like Paul did and plead. Sometimes you have to plead. Sometimes you have to ask him and beg him. Because sometimes if you come at the wrong posture, God's not going to give it to someone who doesn't look like they want it. It's hard for God to give it to someone who has their arms crossed and a hardened heart. It's very hard. But God's arms are open, the Bible says, to the humble. To people who are humble in spirit, not prideful, not hard-headed, not people who have their arms crossed, but to the people that are like, Lord, I need you. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not enough without you. I'm not enough. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to finish this off with praying for some of you in here. Because some of you in here need to understand this. Some of you here tonight need to surrender control in your life and open yourself up to the Father's love. Maybe you feel unworthy or like you've made too many mistakes to truly be loved by Him. And I talked about that last week, but let me tell you tonight, it's not true. Because Scripture says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Tonight, I want you to receive God's love and let it transform your life. Let it transform you. Let it be the one thing that's going to give you a grip upon fear to knock it out of the park. Don't get me wrong. Some of us, some of us have a habit of anxiety. I still have that, but I'm not going to walk in fear. I have anxious moments. I deal with these things, but I'm not going to walk in those areas for long because I know who's with me and I know who I can go to with these things. So if that's you tonight, if you have been holding on to control, trying to let go, trying to hold down the fear, but it's not working, you need to give whatever it is to God. If that's you, if you need to give this overthinking thought, this fear thought, this 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 thing of being afraid of something, if that's you tonight and you need to give it to God, I want you to raise your hand. See the hand. See the hand. See all hands. Thank you, Jesus. I see one, two, three, four. Four hands so far. I see another hand on the side. Thank you. You can throw your hand back down. For those who raise their hands, I want you to understand that God is in this moment. God is present. And He also wants you to know that even though you deal with anxiety and you ask Him to take it away, He wants you to know He's going to use it. But even though you feel anxious, doesn't mean you have to live or walk in fear. And He wants you to know by my Spirit, let my love cover you. Let my love rush over you like a wind of waves. And let it be the, the refreshing, the refreshment of my spirit. Be, the, be that type of love that you need in your life right now. Because maybe you don't get it everywhere else or you don't get it from the people you want it to be from and it, and, it, and it aggravates you. But he wants you to know that he will never run dry. He's the living water. That means his love never runs out. His love is always solid. He wants to give that to you. Lord wants you to know that you're blessed. It's okay, guys. It's good. Y'all are good. I want to pray over everyone who raised their hand. Nobody? It's okay. Y'all don't have to look back there. Y'all are good. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, for every hand that was raised. Lord, we, we pray for your love to rush over us in this moment, to rush over our hearts. Lord, that we've been dealing with fear. We've been dealing with overthinking thoughts. We've been dealing with these struggles of, of thinking. But Lord, we know that 
that your perfect love casts all that out. And even if it might come back, you're with us. You're with us. You're on our side. So we don't have to be af- we don't have to be afraid anymore. Once it comes back, Lord, we know that you can complete it. That you can take over and heal us from it. So, Father, we thank you for your love, your everlasting love. It's who you are. It's not just what you do. It's what your identity is. So we thank you for that. Lord, let us not forget who we are, that we are children of God, ambassadors of Christ. Lord, we are a part of your family. So Lord, we understand that as a father, we can go to you. Maybe we have a different view about how what a dad looks like, but Lord, we know that you as a father, we can go to you with anything that we are dealing with. You are the father to the fatherless, your word says. So be a father to some of us tonight that are dealing with fear, that are overcome by the thoughts of doubt. Father, we thank you for that, that your truth withstands and that your love prevails. Lord, we honor you and we thank you for this word. Lord, I pray that it falls on good soil. Lord, that it doesn't get snatched up by the birds, your word says. But Lord, I pray that it's soiled down and it creates a harvest in these students' hearts. Lord, we thank you for this two-part series. And we thank you that fear doesn't have to stay. Fear doesn't have to stay. We thank you for your spirit and your love for us and your power. And it's in Jesus' name.